Welcome back to another episode of the Bowfinger Minute Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1999 Frank Oz-directed comedy Bowfinger, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm Roger. I'm Marcy. And for the last time, we are the hosts of Roadhouse Minute. Marcy, I feel a little sad. I've really enjoyed this week with you, uh, and I've really enjoyed these five minutes, but this, this is our last minute of Bowfinger. Yeah, it's a good thing we live together and we can do other things. That is true. That is true. (laughs) Listeners, this is not the only thing that we do as a married couple. Um, So this is minute 15 of Bowfinger. This minute starts with Kit's agent trying to defend himself, uh, and it ends with gunfire at the stately Ramsey Manor. So, wow. (laughs) There's there's a lot to unpack in this minute. Are you going to shake a spear? No, I'm not. And I'm gonna tip to, I'm gonna tiptoe around that joke. Uh it's funny. Um what do you <laughs> where should we start with that? Uh, I mean the 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 verbal leap from Shakespeare to Spear Chucker is breathtaking in its idiotic speed. That's what I wrote down. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. Like, wow. It's like an anagram gone wild. Like they just <laughs> or you know, you've been talking to me for a couple of weeks now about some computer oh, programming mm-hmm. thing. Word ladders. It's not a computer programming thing. It's a it's a it's a language puzzle. Yeah, but maybe this is like he just exists within language puzzles to find K's in weird places and then manipulate words into whatever insults that he thinks is being contrived upon him. Well, let me put it this way. I've done a lot of games, world of puzzles, magazines, and they do seem like they were probably designed by people who are sort of have that Norman Rockwell sensibility. I've never come across a puzzle where one of the answers was spear chucker. I'm happy to Mm -hmm. report to you. Um, I have a question though. This is sort of a setup question. Um, What do you think is this? Do you think there's a possibility that the script that Kit Ramsey is angrily uh, word searching right now is the $85 million avalanche movie that Jerry Renfro is talking about in minute 11? Do you think it's possible? Oh, where are you getting that from? Well, because hypothesizing in the dialogue scene in the restaurant, um, doesn't Jerry Renfro say something about like, I hope I can get Kit Ramsey to do this picture or yeah, something like that? Yeah, because he's like the hottest star right now. So do you think it's possible that this is the $85 million avalanche movie? Interesting. I never thought about that. That would be great if it was. Yeah. Um, he's not having it, though. No, he's not. Um, I like how his um his sidekick. Freddie. Freddie. He's like, uh, do you know what he's doing here? And then Freddie's like, 
I know he's doing something, but oh, I don't quite know what it is. Freddie's such it's an like, idiot. He's such an idiot in this minute. It's like, well, it's also like he's dealing with a deranged person and he's trying to follow this guy's train of thought. And there's no way that you can. It's just not possible. Yeah. Um. The uh, I love the, the thing I love best about Freddie in this minute is how he so like angrily points. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Can we talk a little bit about, uh, the guy who plays Freddie? Sure. Um, cause I have some, some fun facts, uh, not a lot of them, but a couple, his name is Claude Brooks. He is, I would say a lightly traveled actor in the IMDb. He has a total of 33 credits. Um, but I, what I want to talk to you about is I think his magnum opus. This is the number one thing, you know, how in the IMDb, they always give you four movies for every person. Yeah. The number one thing for him, which I think is amazing, is a series that he executive produced in the mid 2000s called mm-hmm. Hip Hop Harry. Hip Hop Harry. Let me describe. Can I read a quote to you that describes it? Sure. Okay. So, Hip Hop Harry, which ran for two seasons, uh, 26 episodes total, it was similar to PBS kids' series such as Barney and Friends, Kids Songs, and Sesame Street. It's a live action program aimed at younger children ranging from about two to seven years old. The program uses age appropriate hip hop music and dance to teach social, educational, physical and creative skills. This show sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. I can't believe it only ran for two seasons. Well, I can because, you know, Hollywood for most of its existence has been pretty racist. But this show sounds amazing. That's cute. Yeah. I'd like to watch at least one episode of Hip Hop Harry. Yeah, that sounds great. I mean, I, he's I tell got you what. A, he's got great bling. If you look up a picture of him, he's got this huge H necklace. Are you talking about Claude Brooks? Oh, you're talking about the main character from Hip Hop Harry. The the mascot. Oh, yeah. Main character. He sure does. Yeah. It's 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 cute. I mean, I'll tell you this. I guarantee you that every episode of Hip Hop Harry is better than any of that trash that the Barney people put out. Oh, yeah, that's rough. But right. Hip Hop Harry kind of has the same body shape as Barney. I don't care. I guarantee you he doesn't make you sing. I love you. You love me. Let's all go climb a tree or whatever that stupid yeah. song is. Um, all right. So that's Freddie. That's our man, Claude Brooks. He likes pointing. He doesn't know what's wrong, but he knows there's something wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah. Should we turn our attention now to the gun that he seems to keep in his desk just in case? Yeah, he just like gets it right going. And what would you think if you were sitting in somebody's office that is ranting and all of a sudden he starts pulling out a loaded and loading a weapon? Like, I, I would you, you run? I tell you what, how many times, like over under four and a half other times previous to this, uh, Kit's agent has had him pull a gun. Oh, probably a whole bunch. It seems like this is normal. I, I totally agree. And you know, this is this this seems humorous, but like there are there are all kinds of stories about Elvis shooting at his televisions. Like you know, yeah. people people just people do some people that are famous enough. When you get to the point where I think the rules don't really apply to you anymore, that's when you should just start keeping a six shooter in your desk, just because. I think it's pretty wild that he's firing a handgun indoors at symbols. It's like, oh, yeah. we need to make this louder right now. Well, not only that, but like, I mean, you know, just like, just like all those scenes where you see people shoot up in the air, like spoiler alert, those bullets don't vaporize when they hit the atmosphere. Yeah. Like I guarantee you someone in this room caught a stray. 
that's crazy. Like that's a that is a hard metal plate. These bullets didn't go through the symbols. They bounced off the symbols. Yeah. So duck and cover, my friends. I don't like it. That's what you get for just lounging in this room. Yeah. The the dialogue. So if you were asking me yesterday if you thought that the Eddie Murphy dialogue was improvised, I 100% guarantee you that the Eddie Murphy dialogue in this part in this minute was was improvised and it's hilarious. Yeah. Like the Latoya Jackson quote, it's funny every single time. <laughs> it's like, what is it? It's like, that's, you know, like, so now you're going to tell me those stories about implanting a computer chip in Latoya Jackson's brain or face. Yeah. It's like, it's great. I, I don't want to go into like, what do you think of? So let's play word association. When you hear Latoya Jackson, what's the first thing that springs to your mind? Oh, it gets all muddled in there for me to tell you the truth. Is she just part of the weirdness that is the Jackson family for you? She see like totally from fun. my memory she's she's a she's an a fringe character that has gone off and done something really shady in the Jackson family but I don't really have a a good sense of who she is. I mean th- so she's not in this movie so I'm not going to spend a lot of time although I did do some research and I will just tell you I feel actually incredibly sad and sympathetic towards Lashoya Jackson. You're not wrong. But oh. it sounds to me like she came under the influence of one of the most corrosive and horrible people in the history oh. of show business. Oh. Um, and it's it's just a shame. Um, but yeah, so so that's funny. The, um, the now you're going to tell me that Tenny Kennedy isn't black joke is funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I He's think different. <laughs> well, like, I mean, that joke comes with some kernel of truth. In the sense that I think, I mean, I did a little bit of research about this too. I think of all the Kennedys, Teddy Kennedy is the one who I think was embraced the most by the black community. Again, I'm white, so I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Don't at me, please. I tried to do some research. And and part of that is just because, hey, you know what? He actually lived long enough to do a lot of amazing things as a politician. But I also think the things that he did were particularly appreciated and embraced by the black community. Like mm-hmm. he he's the liberal lion in the Senate for like 40 years who's working to like champion the Voting Rights Act, to champion Head Start, to champion public health. You know, all those things. So Yeah. Did you notice when he's um shooting up the symbols that there is a poster on the wall behind there? Yes, I did. I tried to like I think it might say chrome farewell. It's exactly what it says, Marcy. You are so you're on fire this week, Marcy. And it's got like a somebody with a pistol. Like oh. a, a handgun just like him right above it in yeah. the, the picture. But um Can I add a little bit to that? Well, do you know what it's what what it says something something yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know survive? Uh no. I don't know. It's cut off. Uh, I can't really see it. Marcy, you're lucky that you're married to someone who took French for seven years. Wasn't actually oh, useful to, for me, as it turns out. Oh, yeah, it's definitely French. Um, hmm. Because the, the tagline that's underneath it is definitely French. So I believe this is a movie called Le Chrome Farewell, mm-hmm. which if you pu- if you plug it into Google, that's translated as Le Chrome Farewell. Um, <laughs> but I think so, because... Um, I was really curious what the tag phrase uh, below might be. And it's hard to tell because it's cut off and you can't really tell what it is. I'm going to go out on a limb. And again, if you're a French teacher, I'm doing my best. I believe what the quote there might be is 
arete de nesuivre, which if you, I think that means stop following. Hmm. I don't know why we would put that. I mean, I, I'm sure it's just funny. But uh, yeah, that's that's funny. There's other movie posters. After I saw that, I started going out in the room saying like, you know, do I want to like pay a lot? I don't want to pay a lot of attention, but I will point out that in this minute, we can also see another movie poster over the agent's right shoulder. That's for a movie called Steel Reflex. Uh, And then there's a movie in the top right hand corner of that same exact shot called Radical Force. These are the types of movies that Kit Ramsey makes his money making. You don't think that he's in it? Is this a movie poster of him? Oh, of course. Oh, I the couldn't o- tell. The, the only movie... Po- think about it, Marcy. The only movie posters that a person like Kate Ramsey would put up around his house are movies that he's been in. If you if you look real close at the Steel Reflex poster, at, at the striped across the top, it says, Ramsey. Oh, okay. It's ap- But, I mean, think about it. This guy is a raging egomaniac. Of course he only puts up posters of his own movies. Okay. Can we Can we cut to the outdoors now? Yeah. I do think that the gunshots provide, you know, again, calling back to our time on Roadhouse. And you remember how in Roadhouse, every single scene was punctuated by a huge, like, musical cue? Yeah. I do think they do a nice job making a nice transition from gunshots to sort of the of the song. Like, it, mm-hmm. it transitions really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let me ask you this question. If you're Bobby Bowfinger pulling up to Stately Ramsey Manor, and I'm making that reference the second time intentionally both times, if you're mm-hmm. pulling up here in your Mercedes and you can clearly hear the sound of gunshots, what do you think should be going through your mind and what do you think would happen if you were Bobby Bowfinger? Well, I guess, what do you think? So two questions. What do you think is That's going through Bobby Bowfinger's question? Qu- no, it's not. What do you think is going through Bobby Bowfinger's mind? And what do you think you would do if you pulled up to this place in your Mercedes and the first thing you heard were gunshots? Well, doesn't he also hear the like a car squeal, screaming, squeal, like... Um, squealing? Yeah, tires squealing as they're coming around the corner from the, inside the house, too. I think so. Yeah. I don't know. Um yeah, I'm not really sure. Do you have any thoughts about that? Like- well, I mean, as as I presented the question, I think Bobby Bowfinger thinks like Kit Ramsey, Kit Ramsey, Kit Ramsey. I don't think there's a very complicated loop playing in his head right now. Right. If this were me pulling up here, I would just keep on down the road. Yeah, but you're maybe not driven to do your art in the same way. I mean, 100% this, is, right. this is Bobby Bowfinger's last chance. He's so... He's saying that he's so old now, he's got to throw everything. He's desperate. That's right. That's right. He's You're, very desperate at this point. You're right. And and so I'm I'm excited about uh, the folks next week are going to get a chance to see the very first interaction, the only interaction, I guess, between uh, Bobby and Kit. Yeah. Um, right. But but we we do not get a chance. But Marcy, so you were mentioning this. Um, we were talking on a previous episode about famous uses of these places. Um, and you yeah. were saying something about what this exterior shot with like the big stone gates was used for. Do you remember? Yeah. From the 66 Batman movie. Yeah. For Wayne Manor. Right? Yeah. So a TV show. It was a, it was a show on TV. Oh, a show. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. That's the TV show. Like when you think about like Adam West, Batman, and like I punch a dude and it goes like, kapow. Mm-hmm. Like that was Batman. And this exterior is what they decided to use for stately Wayne Manor. Yeah. So it's interesting to think about uh, how often a single property has been used and, you know, it takes on kind of the 
feeling of the movie that it's in and maybe you can use the property in a lot of different ways. So you don't really notice that it's the same spot. Um, but yeah, there, I guess there's probably just like people scouting around all sorts of places to find a place to make a movie. Yeah. Have you ever come across that reminds me, that reminds me of a story. So, so Marcy, I have a good friend, um, who's also a teacher and he used to work at a school named St. Andrews down in Delaware. And the claim to fame for that movie is that that was where they filmed the movie Dead Poets Society. Oh, and yeah. when he first came to St. Andrews, they put him in Robin Williams's apartment. That's wild. But didn't he, you tell me that before that it was altered? Yeah. In order to make it look like uh, John Keating was living in essentially a one room efficiency, they like constructed fake walls to make the to make it seem like so much less than it actually was. Yeah. Um, but still like so how would you feel? I mean, obviously neither one of us would feel comfortable living in an estate this palatious, but like, how would you feel living in a residence that was used as the on, on film location for a movie? Like, how would you feel, for example, about living in the home alone house? Um, you know, I think it would be inconvenient because certainly they would want to change it up to make it ready for the movie. No, but I'm saying, makes... I'm saying after the movie. Oh, after. Yeah. Um, you know, Probably okay as long as we're not in an area where people are going to tourist it. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. That is fair. I bet, but I bet. If you were living in someplace like this, where it's like a really large house, it kind of makes me think about um, your family members that live in the what did you call that thing? They live in a schloss. The they schloss. Live in a, a castle yeah. in Germany. They do. Yeah, but they. You told me that they just live in a portion of it, and the rest of the schloss is kind of a place where people could visit. Am I yep. right? That's yeah. right. It's a tourist attraction. Like, I feel like the house that we live in right now is quite large for what we actually need. We kind of live in a schloss right now. I'm not going to lie. A little bit of a schloss. Um, but, but it's not a tourist attraction. If we had a big home like that and could rent out part of the home for movies, then we could live in a portion that gets undisturbed and make money off of our home investment. See, our financial planners did not pitch this as something we could do with a they did with tell a us they, they did tell us first thing to buy a house. And I gotta tell you, even, so glad even, we didn't. even with that tantalizing offer that you just made to me, Marcy, I have negative interest in becoming a homeowner still. Still. Yeah. Still. All right. Well, when we retire, I think that's gonna be our move. Well, I don't think we're gonna have much of a choice unless you're planning <laughs> on living in an RV. Oh golly. A, a recreational vehicle? No, thank you. We will drive from state to state. All right, let's close it out, love. I think we should. I think we should. Well, Do you Marthi, have anything more that you want to say? I just want to say it's <laughs> been a pleasure again doing this. What, what, what was that about? Are you suggesting that well, I always have more to say? No, you always ask me if I have anything more about uh, what we're talking about. I'm like, no. But <laughs> I don't have anything more about this minute. But as always, Marcy, I just want to say you're my favorite podcast partner. I love all my podcast partners. But you're my favorite. Love um, you. I love you. I have enjoyed doing this week, uh, but it is time to bring it to a close. So, listeners, thank you once again for listening to another episode. As always, you can find the Bowfinger Minute podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or at the main site, bowfingerminute.com. Please like, subscribe, and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can find out more about the podcast on Facebook at Welcome to Minehead, the Bowfinger Minute Listener Center and on Twitter at Bowfinger Minute. And since this is our end of the week episode, just so you know, there are 
hundreds of other Movies by Minutes podcasts available at moviesbyminutes.com. If you'd like to, uh, if you have a favorite movie and you'd like to see it unpacked in this way, uh, you should check out that site for more great shows. Uh, I can only just recommend, uh, you know, just a few of them, especially to you. If if you'd like to hear more of Marcy and me, please uh, go to that website and check out our first effort, Roadhouse Minute, uh, the 1989 uh, Patrick Swayze action classic. Uh, and you can also check out our most recent limited series, uh, The 12 Days of White Christmas. Uh, I want to also uh, thank uh, Mr. Math who sings our Bowfinger Minute theme song. And if you'd like to hear more of that or the rest of his work, you can also find his work on Spotify. So join us here next time on the Bowfinger Minute. And in the meantime, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together. Keep it together, children. I hope that we'll see you again. Cause there's always one more show. Cause there's always one more show.